Amen. I want to go to Isaiah 9, 6. It says, for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government, everyone say his government will increase. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon the kingdom to order it, upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice. From henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Amen. The word of the Lord, everybody. Lord, bless your word. Strengthen us by it in Jesus' name. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated if you were standing to honor the word of God. I want to speak to you for a little while about a hope from heaven. A hope from heaven. How many need more hope? Today, in this day we're living in, we need hope. And, um, you know, the kingdom of God is defined by Paul as hope, joy, love, joy, peace in the Holy Ghost. And Jesus is our hope. Amen. So we know we have hope. We just sometimes feel like it's distant when we're dealing with so many difficult things in life. Sometimes the, the stuff in front of us is so loud, we cannot remember that he is a still, quiet voice. He's a small voice that speaks to us. And when he speaks to us, what he says comes to pass, amen? So if we have Jesus in our hearts and our lives, we have a hope of heaven, amen? Come on, somebody. We have a hope of heaven. And so it's not just, though, that we have a hope of heaven, not one day it's going to be good, but I want you to know that our hope came from heaven, amen, that he was Jehovah become our salvation. And so we have to understand that even when we don't necessarily feel it, even when we don't always see it clearly with our faith, we know that he came to provide hope in every situation, he came to us, amen? And when we understand that he would rather die than live without us, that means a lot to me. When we could not go to him, he came to us, and someone said amen. Story of Alex is a very powerful story. I sent a picture along to the media team just in case you think you have nothing to be grateful for or thankful for in 20. 20, let me share with you this story of hope. This West Point graduate is Alex Adraki. He grew up in the slums of Haiti. He was, as he tells his story of how U.S. soldiers were deployed to his neighborhood following the earthquake there several years ago. He says, in their presence, when their presence came to Haiti, when he, when he says in his words, their presence was the first experience of hope he recalls in his childhood. The presence of the soldiers there to help was his first encounter with real substantial feelings of hope. He remained and remembered looking at his dad and asking him, 
who those people were that were helping. And his dad looked at him and said, they are American soldiers. He looked back at his father and said, one day I will be an American soldier because of the hope that they brought to his life. He wanted to be the one who brought hope. His father knew the situation in Haiti was unworkable and tried for several years to obtain a visa to come to the United States. After being denied for several years, he finally was granted a spot in Baltimore. He purchased a ticket on a boat for his family and left Haiti. They arrived, and Alex remembered his dream in the slums several years prior and looked for a way to join the U.S. Army. He found a National Guard program that allowed him to join the U.S. Army in exchange for his citizenship, and he did not hesitate. Despite his severe lack of formal education, he graduated with honors this year from the slums of Port-au-Prince to a soldier in the United States army, all because somebody brought him hope, all because somebody came with hope for his life, and the tears running down his face show you that he made it out because hope came for him. And I want to tell you today, with a little bit of emotion in my heart and a little bit of excitement in my mind, that Jesus came, and it was the first time this young boy ever experienced true, lasting hope, that I could get out out of the slum of sin that I was in, that I could find a way to make a difference in my life and in others. And he came from heaven for me. If for nobody else, hope from heaven touched my life and turned me around. And now we can be a hope for this world because of a story that changed our life. The story of God come to earth. Jesus, as our hope, made a way from the slums of sin to the hope of heaven, amen? Can you give God praise for just a minute that you have a heavenly hope? <laughs> Hallelujah. It was a complete hope. It was a fulfilled hope. The results of this hope extended far beyond where we thought it could possibly extend because he died for the entire human race. Amen, somebody. Nobody was left out he died for all of us. Everybody, everybody say, he died for me. And he brought the church into being. The church is not an exclusive group of people that only got special treatment. He died for everybody. Just some have not realized or heard the gospel yet to be a part of the church he started when he died. Somebody said amen. And we need to carry that gospel of hope to them, amen? We need to teach them and help them and let them see that there is a word of God that is still real and still true. And he still is a wonderful counselor and mighty God and everlasting father. And he still is a prince of peace even when we don't know how we're going to see peace in a situation. He can walk in and speak peace, amen? The results of his death made salvation possible for all of us. The cross reversed all the consequences of sin. And someone said, thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Everything the human race lost because of sin, the church will more than regain in Christ Jesus. Romans 5.15 says, we'll regain it all. 
How many want it all back? Amen. Someone just say, I want it all back. Everything taken from me, everything lost, every job I had to move on from, every situation that looked bad. I want it all back. I want it all back. In my kids' life, in my life, in my friends' life, I want hope for everybody I talk to. I want hope for every friend I come in contact with. Anybody under a bridge has hope. Anybody living in a penthouse has hope. It doesn't matter what your lifestyle or your... your I don't care where you came from. There's hope for you in Jesus Christ because he was the wondrous one who came. The benefits are beyond this world. Number one, it forgives us of sin. Number two, we have new spiritual life in him. Number three, there's power over the devil. Amen, somebody. He was our hope over sin and darkness. Number four, he's healing for our body. Amen. We so need that right now. People need healing in their body. Number five, ultimately, he's ultimate liberation of the creation. Ultimately, there will be full liberation of the creation from the sin, from the curse of sin. Ultimately, when he establishes his kingdom upon earth, there will be full liberation of the creation of sin's curse. Number six, eternal life. For believers, amen, somebody. You're going to live forever somewhere. Might as well live with the Lord. Amen. Put a smile on your face right now and say, I'm going to heaven. Don't you feel better? Do it again. I'm going to heaven. Amen. What a hope we have. Hallelujah. Thank God. Hallelujah. Somebody thank God for hope from heaven. It was just a little manger with a little baby that did a whole lot of difference and made a big change. God was sinless, but he did not have flesh and blood. God is a spirit, John 4, 24. You know that. God was not walking around with a body in heaven. He did not have flesh and blood. As a spirit, he could not shed blood for our sins. And so God could not die, therefore couldn't provide a suitable sacrifice. But God came to earth as a sinless man, Jesus Christ. Christ is not his last name. Jesus is his full name. He is the Christ, the son of the living God. He's the flesh of almighty God. He is not separate from God. He is not a fictitious trinity of God. The word trinity is not even in the scriptures. We understand that he is Jehovah become our salvation. Amen? And that he did not deserve to die, but he was our perfect substitute in his death. Amen. Jesus suffered taking our place and paying the penalty of sin. The wonder of God with us is that God would want to come and dwell this dirty earth, this place he created and walk with us only to die for us. What a magnificent God he was. Beautiful in splendor, glorious in power, worshiped by the angels and not even just one style of angel, but the many creations 
nations of angels in the innumerable number of hosts of heaven worship him and yet he said I'll take it all off and I'll come to earth if it means if I divest my glory and step down into heaven and put on flesh I can save them and I can recover them oh the wonder of God with us oh the power of a hope from heaven Oh, the glorious, glorious gospel of God putting on a different vesture, being Jesus Christ, the flesh, and he wore it well, amen? He wore it well. He was God who came to earth. His coming to earth, his death on the cross did four things for us. It recovered sinful. It was because it did four things because of the sinfulness of all humanity, Number two, because of the holiness of God. This had to happen because of the holiness of God. And number three, God's law required death as a penalty for sin. Number four, God's desire to provide salvation for sinners. He desired everyone to be saved. Everybody say, he wants me saved. He didn't produce hell for people. He produced hell for spirits that were fallen. And he wants heaven for you, not hell. Amen? And we still believe that God is a saving God. Thank God he came to save us. Someone said amen. There is no salvation outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many believe that? Do you have an amen for me on that? The church believes that. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He's not saying you're coming to someone different from him. He's saying you can't get back from sinless humanity or from sinful humanity to a sinless God unless you go through his sacrifice. That is what that's saying. It's saying that there is a God who put on flesh and that flesh was the sacrifice that allowed us to come back to the Father. It is the fact that we were not we were not intended to be orphaned. Amen, somebody. We were not intended to be lonely and left out. We were intended to be his children and to be brought in and to have a hope of glory. Amen. What a wondrous atonement. Scripture uses the word atonement all throughout, and there's several meanings to it, but it is truly the hope of heaven that he came and atoned us for our sins. Amen. It is necessary that we distinguish, though, the duality of Jesus Christ, the understanding of his nature, the, that we distinguish clearly between the deity and the humanity of Christ. Are you hearing me today that there's two things at work in Jesus? He was 100% man and he was 100% God. There's nobody like Jesus. There's never been anybody like Jesus. Even when we get full of the Holy Ghost, it's only the earnest, the down payment of what's going to come over there. But Jesus was 100% God and 100% man in a body at the same time. There's nobody like our Jesus. And so when you look for hope, hope has a name. It's Jesus, amen? When you look for joy, joy has a name. It's Jesus. When you 
you look for peace, peace has a name. It's Jesus. And when you call on him, you call on all of what he is, that he is both God and man at the same time. So when you say Jesus, you are asking for a God to come to your situation that is able to sympathize with you as a human being in your feelings and in your distress, but also you are asking for a God to come to your situation who can speak peace to the oceans, who can talk to birds and trees and speak to the things that are not as though they were and they become. That is the God who I call on. That is the name that I serve. That is the salvation in the name of Jesus Christ, that he is man and God. He understands me. He understands you. He knows the intricacies of being what you have to be, where you have to be, and all the different pressures of being a human being. But then he also is God who stands above it all and has all resource and power. He's human, yet he's God in one body. Never was there ever anything like the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. God sent his son. The word sent means that he delivered him out. He he was forthcoming. Jesus was forthcoming through the Virgin Mary. And so that he was never before in a body until he was born of a woman and God ordained it so. So he was 100% man, 100% God. Somebody say there's no one like Jesus. No one like Jesus. So we have to understand that when Jesus spoke and acted in Scripture, he, number one, acted from his human viewpoint. Everybody say human viewpoint as a man. And then he also acted in the divine viewpoint as the Father in flesh. He could speak as a human and say, I'm tired and I need sleep. And he could speak as God and be the God who says, peace be still. He could speak as a human and say, I thirst in his body as a human being. He said, I thirst. But then he could also say, thy sins be forgiven thee. And that's why they wanted to stone Jesus, because only God can forgive sins. And they didn't believe God could fit into a human body because there's too much of God. But the Bible says all the fullness of God was fit into a human body. Not all of God, but all the fullness of God that could ever be fit into a human body was 100% in Jesus Christ. And so when he said, "Forgive you, I forgive your sins, he's speaking as God, and they took up stones and said, we have to stone you because you're speaking blasphemies. A human being, a human body can never forgive sin. Only God can do that. So he spoke as God and he spoke as a human. He said, let this cup pass from me. He prayed as a human and he spoke as God. You have to understand the duality of his nature. He was born as a man and he was born as God in flesh. Thank God we know who this hope is. This this mystery of the Godhead is not a mystery when you know who our Jesus is. Amen? That he was born as a man and he grew. God doesn't grow. God doesn't become any smarter. God doesn't educate himself. He he was born and either he is 100% man and 100% God or this is all just a lie. This Bible is just full of 
of ignorant things. But the truth of the matter is Jesus did exist, and we don't even have to have the Bible to prove his existence. And this Bible only enhances the God-authored Word of God. And so I believe with 100% of my being that he is 100% man and he is 100% God because his death on the cross would have been useless if he was only God. He had to be man to die for my sins. So that cross right there that we always have up that we took down, <laughs> never mind, I always pointed at that cross and it took, off. it took off this week somewhere. I don't know where it went. But that cross is, is a testimony to the fact that he was truly 100% man. Or he couldn't have died on that cross. So he was born, he grew, he was tempted by the devil because the Bible says that no man can tempt God. He cannot be tempted as God, but he can be tempted as man. Do you understand the duality nature of Jesus? It's the beauty of the Godhead in a body, amen? It's the beauty of all of God in a human being. The thirst, the weariness, the sleep, the times when he prayed. God does not pray. Hello, somebody. If Jesus is God, part of a triune God, and he prays, he ceases to be God. But if he can be 100% man and 100% God and a hope of heaven in a body, then he can pray as a human being and he can be submitted to the will of God in his own body. There was never a conflict of interest. You are not a secondhand prize. You are not a conflict of God's interest. He came and he died for you on purpose. Do you hear me? He died for you on purpose. He loves you and brought you a hope on purpose. But as a human, he did not know all things. As a human, he did not have all power. And as a human, he would be inferior, be inferior to God and his servant. As a human, he was. But only as God in Jesus Christ. Is he able to exist from eternity? Unless you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins, Scripture says. You have to believe that Jesus is God, come in the flesh. Amen? He was, un he was unchanging as God. He could cast out devils as God. Amen? He could be his own authority as God. When he spoke, it had to happen as God. Amen? He could be the bread of life as God. He gave living water. He's the giver of living water as God. He's the giver of spiritual rest. Amen, somebody? He's the one who calms the storms of God, answers prayers, heals and raises the dead. He raised himself from the dead and knows all things, has all power, and he identifies as God, as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, because hope came from heaven for us. In any ordinary human body, these things would be a conflict, but in Jesus, they were no conflict. These two lists would be mutually exclusive in any other human being, but not in the wondrous Savior, not in the powerful God who is wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, not in our hope from heaven. Amen? Amen. Let's love on the Lord just a minute. Thank you, Jesus, for the scripture attributes. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are and what you are. These two conflicting things are both in Christ Jesus. For it says in Scripture that he shall be 
wonderful. He shall be the mighty God. You can't have multiple mighty gods, brothers and sisters. You can only have one. He will be the everlasting Father. He will be the Prince of Peace. All of these things in one, Jesus Christ. J-E from the Old Testament name Jehovah, S-U-S, meaning become our salvation, or Jehovah for us. You cannot separate his dual nature, but you also can celebrate that his divine human spirit, his human spirit and his divine spirit were inseparable and all came for one purpose, and that is to bring us hope. Hope. All of those things. It is more accurate, actually, to speak properly from Scripture of his human aspect and the divine aspect of his one spirit. That's really theologically the best way to talk about it, is not to say, well, he was this and he was that, but to say that he was, in his human aspect, he prayed, but in his divine aspect, in his one spirit, he had different attributes. The two distinct wills we notice in Scripture where he says, I don't want to die on a cross. Let this cup pass from me. That's his human will. But it was also his divine will that said, nevertheless, I'll go to that cross for you. He never acted in conflict. Jesus lived as a man, but always was always conscious of his deity. They never conflicted each other. Even though his flesh wouldn't want to die, would you want to die? Would you want to go to a Roman cross? Would you want to be whipped? No, of course not. That flesh did not want that because flesh likes comfort. Hello, somebody. Likes pudding and uh, fluffy pillows and I don't know, whatever else flesh likes. But he said these words because he was always conscious of his 100% deity. In John 14, 10 through 11, he said, I am in the Father and the Father in me. There's no more clear understanding from the Hebrew, from the scriptures than this, that he's saying, I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for my very work's sake. What was he saying? He was saying, if they have that scripture, if not, that's fine. I don't know if it went up or not. He's saying, if you don't believe that I am the Father in a body, then all you need to do is look at the works that I've done because only God can do those things. And that's the beauty of God and man united in Jesus Christ. Amen. I can't wait for you to be here next week. Brother Jerry McLean, who helped revolutionize Africa, he took the gospel message of Jesus and of God in Christ Jesus, the whole gospel to that entire nation. And, and he was you know, in Nigeria so much, but Jerry McLean's going to be speaking here next week, and he brought this message that not only changed entire churches, and they rebaptized their entire population in their church, but entire organizations on the African continent came to understand the mighty God in Christ Jesus. He's going to be here next week preaching on that name and that Jesus as we celebrate the wonder of God with us in this December of dedication, in this December of hope, in this December and moments where we stand back and just behold the wondrous beauty of God, our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, and our everlasting Father. Would you stand with me?
as we close today, we want to be able to talk to you about the fact that he did make a way. Amen? He did make a way. And maybe you feel like your gift is not great, but I gave them a little picture to, to put up, and I want you to know that whatever you have to give, it is enough. When Jesus looks at you, you can say, all, all, it's all I have is my heart. That's all I have to give. And Jesus looks back and he says, it's all I ever wanted. He came and died and did all of this that I've preached about today just to capture your heart, just to put hope in your life, just for you to, to find a place somewhere where you give up all of yourself and finally say, Lord, whatever you want of me, not my will, but thine be done. And I pray if you bow your head with me right now that Jesus would step into this room and he would say, what do you have to give? And maybe we only have a response of it's not much, Lord, but I have my heart here. I want to give you what I have. I know that you were so grateful. You gave me forgiveness of sin and you gave me new spiritual life and you gave me power over the enemy and, and you healed my body so many times, but my heart keeps wanting to, to, to run away from you. And maybe right now we can ask the Lord to give somebody strength to surrender their heart once and for all and say, Jesus, it may not seem like much, but I give you what you wanted in the first place. I give you my heart, and he'll return to you new hope in him. I pray that prayer over somebody right now. I'm going to ask you not to move too much around the room, but just to keep your eyes closed and to focus on the Lord right now. And if there's something in your heart that you've been struggling with, if there's been a a difficulty that keeps on coming to your spirit and something that keeps on frustrating you, I pray that you just surrender it. He doesn't just want your heart. He wants all of you. And I wonder if you could just give it to him right now. And he's going to make a way for you. He's going to make a way for you, a way out right now. We're, we, we are doing altar call today. I, I bind that lie and that spirit that keeps us from having the full move of the Holy Ghost in the house of God. And I ask that your blood cover us, Jesus. But Lord, I pray that if somebody needs you, that they can feel free to come and give their heart to you and their life to you today. The altar's open if you want to pray. If you feel safe coming with the mask, you do whatever you need to do. But if there's something that keeps standing in your way, come and give it to Jesus and let him become your way maker in Jesus' name right now. Come on, the altar's open. If you want to come and surrender it, he'll take it. He'll lay it on the cross as he did. And he'll become a substitute. And he'll give you a way out. He'll give you a way out right now. He'll give you a way out. He'll give you a way out. He'll give you a new hope. He'll give you a new opportunity in him. If you're online, would you find a place to pray right now as we begin to worship the Lord and we take a time of prayer? Come on, respond to the word of the Lord. If you need hope, if you need hope in a family member's life, if you need hope in a, in a situation that looks like it's not going to turn around, hope is here right now from heaven. Come on, let it be your way maker. Let it be your way maker. Hallelujah. You're working miracles right now. Just a, a simple prayer. Jesus, be a way maker. Be a miracle worker somebody's life right now.
Come on, let it be your light in the darkness. That is who you are, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That is who you are. Come on, worship him for who he is. You can make a way, Jesus. You can make a way, Jesus. Hallelujah,